But the idea of flesh as it relates to the Bible is that part of who we are that lives in rebellion against God. It's the body unrestrained. It's giving in to all of the desires of your body. Your body is not bad. It depends on what you do with it. And we learn in the Bible that we need to put everything under the authority of Jesus. There is a part of us that naturally lives in rebellion against God, and none of us are exempt. As we'll hear today, if we're left up to our own devices, we turn to works of flesh. But as Pastor Daniel teaches, in Jesus, we get the works of the Spirit instead. The battle isn't over after you've made a decision to follow Him, as the flesh and the Spirit are always at odds. But Paul says, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill those desires. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Jesus is Greater Than the Flesh. Christianity happens where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Real life, your life. I love the Bible. It's God's word. The Bible is also the story of how God worked in the real lives of real people in the circumstances that they find themselves. God's purposes in your life and in my life is to have us experience God right where we find ourselves. Real life. That's one of the things I love about Christianity. It's real life in real time for real people like you and I. It's one of the reasons we love to say that Jesus is real. Because it's just such a reminder that Christianity is not just a set of beliefs that we ascribe to, but it's meant to be something that is lived out. And I'm here to tell you, where we are in this application section of the book of Galatians, we're hitting now as real life in real time as you can get. What we're going to study today, what we're going to look at has absolute implications and it's very clearly stated, this is this and this is this. And so I'm really excited for us to jump on in. So I want you to open up in your Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be picking up our study in verse 16 today. So if you brought your Bible, and I know that you did, I want you to open it up. And as I said, this is really real life stuff that we're going to see. And what's amazing is, is we're also going to run into probably the main reason that a lot of people do not believe or do not want to follow Jesus in our generation. And the reason is, is because God, being God, is allowed to say, these actions are spiritually encouraging, acceptable, glorifying to me, and bring blessing to the world, and these activities do not. And a lot of people, they want to believe in God, but they actually don't want God to change their life. 
They say, I want to know God, but I really don't want God to tell me that something that I want to do is unacceptable. And what's amazing is, is that's as much true for people who don't believe in Jesus as for people who do. Because some of you, you're going to be, we're going to be reading this, actually all of us, you're going to see, we're going to see these works of flesh, and we all do them. And so we all need to hear this stuff with fresh ears. It's not enough just to memorize these ideas, but we have to let God's word mirror off of our lives. How are we really doing with this kind of stuff? Now, it does bear to mention, today's message is going to be probably more like NC-17 content-wise. There's some of the, the subject matter we're going to deal with today does have some adult connotations to it. Now, look at what it says. I'm going to read Galatians 5.16 to the end of the chapter. And you're going to see how real this is, how real life this is. Look what it says. Verse 16 of Galatians 5. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And if you are led by the spirit... You are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So now we're hitting this fork in the road for the churches in Galatia and for ourselves. Remember, the churches in Galatia, they had begun in the Spirit, but they wanted to be made perfect in the flesh. They wanted their works of the law to make them acceptable to God. It's the difference between the good news of Jesus that God does for us and the bad news of religion. This is what we do for God. And now we find this idea in full blossom where on one side you have the work of the Spirit and it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And on the other side, you have the works of flesh. Now I'm going to explain it to you, but look at how it begins I say then, verse 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So we begin with a simple idea that we need to walk in the spirit. We need to walk in the spirit. 
Now, you guys know the Spirit, this is the third person of the Trinity. The Bible reveals God as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit is God's legitimate presence in our life, testifying of what God the Son has done for us at Calvary's cross and empowering and enlivening a natural life that has supernatural implications to it. And we are called to walk in the Spirit. And it says that if we walk in the Spirit, we, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, the idea of flesh in the, the Greek, it's the word sarx. We actually get our word sarcasm from it. So sarcasm literally means in Greek, the gnashing of the flesh. That was very challenging for me. When you're born and raised in the New York metropolitan area, sarcasm is like a love language. Like, like literally, like if my family, if they love you, they give you a hard time. And I remember when, so my wife, Lynn, she's so sweet. You know, she's not from New Jersey. And so she's a verbal affirmation gal. And I remember when she met my dad, right away, my dad started to give her a hard time about everything. And I'll never forget one time, Lynn's just like, Daniel, I don't think your dad likes me. And I'm like, really, why? She's like, well, he's always giving me a hard time. I'm like, oh, no, no, that means he likes you. I'm like, if he didn't do that, then I would be concerned he didn't like you. She's like, really? That's so weird. I'm like, I know, but that's the way I was raised, right? And I had to learn because when I realized that sarcasm is really the gnashing of the flesh, it's not such a good thing, is it? See, the flesh doesn't mean your body. Sure, this is flesh, skin. But the idea of flesh as it relates to the Bible is that part of who we are that lives in rebellion against God. It's the body unrestrained. It's giving in to all of the desires of your body. Your body is not bad. It depends on what you do with it. And we learn in the Bible that we need to put everything under the authority of Jesus. So when you put your eating under the authority of Jesus, you realize that you need to eat to live and eating is enjoyable. But when your food intake gets out from under the authority of Jesus, you end up having all of the sins as it relates to eating, whether it's eating for comfort, which is using um, food as an idol. You get into uh, controlling your food, which is a whole on the other side of the spectrum. Again, this is our food outside from under the authority of Jesus. All the needs of the body, sleep, same thing. We sleep to recharge the batteries, but if your sleeping gets out from under the authority of Jesus, on one side you have, you sleep too much because you're a lazy bum, right? And that's sleeping out from under the authority of Jesus. Or on the other side, you don't trust God and so you're a workaholic and you can't sleep. See, and now you have something that your body needs that's been taken out from under the authority of Jesus, and it becomes a problem. So the flesh is that part of our natures that naturally lives in rebellion against God. And what's interesting about the works of the flesh is that we all got them. You realize that, right? There's not one person here, except for Jesus, who isn't intimately acquainted with works of flesh. I don't remember a lot from college, but one of the things I remember was from a developmental psychology class that taught us something called preferential female differentiation. Isn't that awesome? You guys all know what that means, right? How many of you know what preferential female differentiation is? None of you. I'm going to explain it to you so you can impress your friends. Check this out. Super interesting. I don't, 
out of all the things I heard in college, I have no clue why I remember this, but it's stuck and it's in there. This is what it means. When an embryo and a sperm come together and life is conceived, scientists will tell us that that embryo has preferential female differentiation. What that means is that unless there is a specific level of testosterone present in the womb of a woman when that child is conceived, the default is it's going to be a female. Interesting, huh? All the girls are like, amen, that's the way God intended it. But you think about it, it's preferential female differentiation, which means unless there is an, a certain level of testosterone, which doesn't have, that embryo is going to grow to be a girl. Now, why do I bring this up? Because it's, it's a great example of the fact that left up to your own devices, you know what your preferential differentiation is as a human being? Works of flesh. Left up to your own devices, you and I and everybody else is going to live a life in the flesh in rebellion against God. But when God's grace is present in your life because of your faith in Jesus, now all of a sudden, instead of getting these works of flesh, then you get the fruit of the Spirit. And it is interesting that in this text, we're going to have this contrast between the works of the flesh, our proactive things that we endeavor to do versus fruit. And if you know fruit, the idea of fruit is that if the conditions are right, fruit just happens. An apple tree doesn't like, I'm going to work out some apples right now. No, if it's rooted in the ground and if there's fertile soil and that there's sunlight and if there's water, then fruit just happens. And there is a very specific contrast that Paul is making here. But notice what he says. If you walk in the Spirit you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow. If you're here today and you're struggling and you're like, you know, there's a lot of flesh coming out of me. Like I'm fulfilling all the desires of my body. I'm living in rebellion against God. The prescription for that is to walk in the spirit. See, the idea is, is that when you or I choose to follow after Jesus and we walk closely with Jesus, we will walk in the spirit and the desires of the flesh to live in rebellion against God gets dissolved in the joy of following Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're like, yeah, man, my life's been real fleshy lately. It's not good. You need to, don't just say, I got to get rid of the flesh. No, you need to walk in the spirit because when you're walking in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Do you see how that works? See, a lot of people say, oh, well, Christianity is about changing your behavior. No, no, no. It's not saying this is bad and so I stopped doing it. Christianity is saying, I used to live this way, but now I live a whole different way. See, God doesn't want you and I just not to do works of flesh. He actually wants us to walk in the spirit. Then we can be an ambassador of his everywhere that we are. So you need to say, God, I want to walk in the spirit. Lord, I want my life to be spirit-led, spirit-inspired, spirit-filled. And if you're doing that, you're not going to be living a life in the flesh. So we're going to walk in the spirit. And if we do, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he says, listen, and this is verse 17. It's interesting. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. That word lust literally means desires or yearns. What this means is that life in the spirit and life in the flesh, they are polar opposites from each other. 
if the work of the Spirit is in the West, the works of the flesh are in the East, and never the two shall meet. They are completely opposite agendas. Now, that's a pretty crazy statement, isn't it? That it's like you can't be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm in the spirit. Oh, yeah, I'm in the No, they are completely on two different ends of the spectrum. They battle against each other. That old picture, remember in the cartoons where all of a sudden there'd be like that moment of decision and the devil pops up on one shoulder and the angel pops up on the other shoulder and there's a decision to be made? That actually happens in all of our hearts all the time. There is the default con condition of rebellion against God saying, oh yeah, you deserve it. You're supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be mean and grumpy because you deserve it, right? There's that side of you and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you have your friends like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And then the other side, there's the still small voice of the spirit of God that says, no, 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 no. I have a more excellent way than that. But you know what the problem with this bickering of flesh and spirit that goes on in the heart and soul of our lives? The desires of the flesh yell loudly and the still small voice of God whispers intimately. And you know what it's like, the person who yells the loudest, the longest, gets the most airtime, right? You ever watch like a talk show with a number of people on it? Whoever's the loudest, the longest, they're the one who gets to speak. And so everything about our lives is to tune into the loudest voice, but really the loud voice is the voice of the enemy because God is a gentleman and God isn't going to scream in your ear. God's going to whisper, no, 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 no. You used to be that way. I have a new way. And you and I need to learn how to identify the desires of the Spirit in our hearts. We're so good at giving in to the yelling of the flesh, what the flesh wants. And we have to learn, and no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, this is still a challenging part. But God's kids say, God, I want to hear your still small voice. They're contrary to one another, the flesh and the spirit. And it says, so that you don't do what you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. This reminds me of Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. See, if you have the spirit of Christ, then you aren't in the flesh. And if you don't have the spirit, then you're not Jesus's. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And he's gonna show us this, that if you and I are walking in the spirit, now we find we're led by the spirit. Don't miss that. Part of being a Christian, part of following Jesus is actually being led, not leading. And isn't that something that in our culture we really struggle with? Because everyone, I'm a leader. I do my own thing. My life is self-determined. No, the Bible says that we are followers of Jesus. And brother and sister, we need to get really comfortable being a follower. Think about how often what we struggle with is because God is doing something that he didn't consult us on and we didn't sign off on. As if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords needs to get our blanket agreement with what he wants to do. I don't know how many times I look at my own life and I'm all like something about something. And then finally I'm like, who do I think I am? 
I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not God's counselor. God isn't like looking to me like, Daniel, can you give me some infinite wisdom right now? But so often we get like all Tweety Bird about things, like all like, don't you love that, that you guys know the Tweety Bird, the, the tire cover? Tweety's got that look on his face. Some of us are like that because we think that God needs our help in deciding what needs to happen. And that's just flesh, my friends. We need to be led. Are you being led by the Spirit? Is the Spirit saying, hey, stop. Hey, go, I want you to do that. Or are we just running out ahead and we know what's going on? Now, from here, we get the two sides of the coin. On one side, we're going to get the, the works of the flesh. And on the other side, we're going to get the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to explain these things. I'm also going to get pretty specific about certain things because I really feel that I need to, given what's being said here. So notice what it says first, as we look at the idea of the works of the flesh. Look what it says in verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now notice this. The point I want to show you is this, is that the flesh excludes you. The flesh excludes you. Isn't that what it says here at the very end of verse 21? Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this list of the works of the flesh excludes you from an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Now think about what that says. That says that if you choose to habitually practice, if your life's testimony is the things on this list, then you living out in the flesh is going to exclude you from God's inheritance. Now, I think that's a pretty serious statement, don't you? So often people say to me, because they'll find, oh, yeah, so you're a pastor. See, I would never believe in God. I mean, a God who wouldn't let me go to heaven is not a God I want to worship. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, it's not that God doesn't want you to go to heaven. You're excluding yourself from God's inheritance because you don't want to follow Jesus. They look like that. But that's exactly what it says. I was reading an article recently. I don't know why. The internet's a funny place. But I was reading an article on the actress, uh, Catherine Heigl. And it was an article about how she ruined her career. I don't, so I don't know if she did it or if she didn't. I think she's got a TV show right now. But, but anyway, one of the things that they said is that she was up for one of the awards for one of her roles. And she actually withdrew herself from consideration because the writing for her character was so poor. Now, think about that. So an actress doesn't make up her own lines. She gets lines from writers. So really what she's saying is, I don't want the award. I don't even want to be considered because our writers are so terrible. You can imagine all the writers want to work with her after that one, right? So again, that's why it was in there. But it's an amazing thing. She excluded herself from the possibility, from the possibility of receiving this award by her own choice. And that's exactly what this says, is that if you choose to live into your rebellion against God, you are choosing to exclude yourself from God's kingdom. That's what it says. Jesus is real. 
The flesh is doing what we want to do and not what Jesus leads us to do. As we heard today, we have to let Him lead, and that's not always easy. We have to let go of our struggle to lead so that God can lead us in the Spirit and we can choose to walk away from the flesh. Giving is one of the central themes in the Bible. Believe it or not, it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught. Like prayer and serving others, money is an outlet of spiritual power. When it's released into ministry, God does amazing things with it. To understand what it means to be a Christ follower, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly supporter of Jesus is Real Radio. For more information, log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thanks, Josh. Pastor Daniel would like to invite you to join him each day on Facebook for his two-minute messages. Pastor Daniel shares from his heart and God's Word in a way that will impact your life. It's the perfect way to inject a little bit of Jesus into your routine. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links to the two-minute messages. Now, here's Josh with a preview of what Pastor Daniel will be covering in the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel really gets to the destructive root of sexual immorality. It's an issue Paul addresses in the Galatians and a very important, timely topic for us today. We wish we had more time for today's broadcast, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series entitled, Jesus is Greater Than Everything. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio. It's no typical journey.